The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. I, our topic today, I know you're lying, reading the cues and clues. Can you tell when another's lying? Dr. Paul Ekman, noted psychologist, believes you can with the proper training. In fact, Dr. Ekman says the truth is written all over your face. Joining Dr. Ekman for this provocative topic is Jean Sella, polygraph examiner, licensed private investigator, and interview and interrogation expert. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning. Paul Ekman has written, co-authored, or edited 15 books, including Telling Lies, Emotions Revealed, and the most recently uh, written, Emotional Awareness, co-authored with the notable Dalai Lama. He spent 32 years as a professor of psychology at the Department of Psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco. He is an advisor to the Defense Department and the Pentagon. He's even been a consultant to animators such as DreamWorks, Pixar, and the Industrial Light and Magic concerning the uh, classifications of expressions. He was named one of the most 100 influential psychologists of the 20th, 20th century by the American Psychological Association and was selected by Time Magazine as one of the 100 most influential people of 2009. In addition to consulting with government, continuing his research, developing and marketing online training on deception, he's deeply involved in the TV program, Lie to Me, which is based on his research on deception. And, I, you know, I almost want to say, Dr. Ekman, what do you do in your spare time? You are a bit, one busy man. <laughs> Try to get more of it. <laughs> more spare time, that's right. So you're an expert on facial expression, emotion, and deception, and your writings speak of micro-expressions. What are micro-expressions? Well, micro-expressions are very brief and usually very intense. Uh, if you were to freeze a frame, uh, it's a, usually very intense. You'd have no problem recognizing what emotion it is. The problem is a microexpression is about a 25th of a second. Mm-hmm. And without specialized training, 99% of us miss them. Um, the, much to my surprise, it's turned out very easy for people to learn in under an hour. Uh, with an online tool called the Microexpression Training Tool. It's on my website. There's more than 100,000 people now who have learned how to recognize microexpressions. 
But once you've got that information, there's a big question of what you do with it. Microexpressions are concealed emotions. They tell you what it is that someone is concealing about how they feel. Does that mean that they uh, were an unfaithful spouse? Does that mean they embezzled? Does that mean that uh, they committed uh, the murder? Maybe, maybe not. What it tells you is the emotion they are concealing. Uh, they are concealing anger. They're concealing fear. It's important in being able to conduct an interview to know what emotion is being concealed from you, but they aren't in and of themselves proof that someone has committed an antisocial or criminal act. They may or may not. For example, if the wife I've been married to and uh, for 31 years, who I'm very much in love with, was found murdered, I'd be the first suspect uh, because, sure. unfortunately, the most likely person to matter, murder a spouse is a spouse. But I didn't murder my spouse, and if the police were wasting their time with me, I might be both angry and afraid they're going to uh, make a mistaken judgment, and I might try to conceal those emotions. So I might show micro-expressions of anger and fear. That doesn't mean I killed my wife. Mm -hmm. But it can help the interrogator recognizing those emotions, plan his strategy, and build rapport so they can conduct a good interview. So, uh, the, so just so, let me ask you a question. So the um, the appearance of the expression is the objective evidence. And, yeah, it's very but fast. That, but you don't have an interpretation of what that means. Well, no, you do. It, you know whether it's anger, fear, sad, disgust, okay. surprise. You don't know what triggered it. Emotions do not tell you their source. I write in my book, Telling Lies, about Othello's error. If you remember Shakespeare's play, uh, Othello, recognizing his wife's fear uh, when he accused her of adultery, uh, thought that was proof that she was an adulterous woman caught in the act or caught after the act, and he murdered her. Well, he read the expression correctly. He just made the error of assuming he knew what the trigger was. You've always got to consider alternatives, reasons why a microexpression occurs, and rule them out through skilled questioning one by one. And first, before that, you have to know when to recognize it when you see it. Right, and you, most of us won't. And I've tested over 15,000 people from all walks of life, from uh, theologians to... Uh, espionage agents to uh, trial attorneys, unless you get this additional hour of training. And incidentally, one of the most surprising things to me is uh, a woman psychologist in England found that this training helps schizophrenic patients. In about 30 minutes, they can recognize emotions as well as normal individuals. I had never suspected it would have that use. Uh, so it's a basic tool. It isn't a panacea. It isn't a silver bullet. There are no silver bullets. We do not have Pinocchio's nose. So making a determination uh, of who's lying and then what they're lying about. You can say a microexpression is a lie. I'm concealing how I feel, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I uh, perpetrated, I uh, committed 
a uh, hostile act. Well, could you, would you go back and tell us a little bit? I was reading about your research and I, I found it fascinating. Would you go back and talk about how you, how you started out down this path, which I think was, you know, a number of years ago, maybe 40 or so, is that Yeah, correct? it was about 43 years ago. I can remember it very clearly. Okay. Uh, at that point, I was studying gesture, uh, and finding the studies of gesture were very relevant to being able to monitor the improvement in patients suffering from depression who were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was asked to teach a group of young psychiatrists, and the question they asked me is, how can we tell when a patient is lying about their intention to take their life? And they ask us for a weekend pass and say, I'm feeling much better, doctor. Sometimes the moment they get out of the hospital, they kill themselves. Sure. So how can we be certain? It took me 25 years to get an answer, but that's what led me to look at deception. It wasn't my idea. Now... If you really want, I mean, microexpressions are the single most important source, and they're the only thing you can learn without uh, online. That is, it's easy to learn. You can do it in an hour. But in order to really make that kind of accurate judgment that the psychiatrist or the law enforcement officer has to make about a criminal, you need to learn how to interpret the gestures, the sound of the voice, the uh, words themselves, the gaze, the posture. We teach all of that, but it takes us not one hour. It takes us four days when we give such a course. And all of that material is not online. I hope to get some of it online, but I don't think it will ever be possible to get all of it. But it can be learned, and people can learn to do a better job with demeanor. But I repeat, it isn't perfect. We miss 5% of those, even when we have ideal circumstances. That is, the stakes are very high. Uh, the person hasn't told that lie before. They haven't had a chance to rehearse and practice. Even then, we are only about 90 to 95% accurate. But uh, So it's helpful. It's particularly helpful but that's, but in that's an investigation. A, that's a lot better um, because it, it appears to me that the average person maybe identifies 50%. Yeah, most people, uh, I was going to say this at the end of your program and you asked me, what's my advice to your <laughs> listeners? My advice is, unless you're going to invest the time to learn this and learn it well, uh, you're just going to make mistakes and you're going to make yourself unhappy. Because most people, uh, although anyone can learn this, you have to put in the time. It takes to learn the microexpressions is the fast part. The rest of it takes a full week. And at this point, we really only teach law enforcement, health teachers, and uh, a very few in the corporate. We just don't have the time. Well, what about identifying fabricated expressions? Uh, there are some telltale signs that the look you're putting on your face isn't what you really feel. Now, I have to say that the main reason I think lies succeed is because we don't want to know the truth. Do you want to find out that your spouse of 15 years is having an affair? Do you want to find out that the person you recommended to the company is embezzling? Do you want to find out that your mid-adolescent kids are using crack? Well, 
on one level, of course, you need to know. On another level, psychologically, those are the last things in the world you want to know. That's terrible news. And so most of us, except for the law enforcement officer, most of us unwittingly collaborate with the deceiver. And that's why it's a cliche that the last person to know they're being betrayed is the person being betrayed. All the friends have figured it out. But I mean, that's a terrible thing to learn. Hmm. I guess that's, um, that's what we call denial, isn't it? It is. Okay. I wouldn't give it so classy a name. I Not a classy <laughs> I just say we, we want to avoid bad news. Sure. That's a fundamental pro- psychological problem. And the more consequence of that bad news, I mean, to learn that your 31-year marriage is up, to learn that your kids are addicted to crack, to learn that uh, the person that your company hired has embezzled millions of dollars, I mean, that's disastrous things to learn. The signs yeah. can be there, but you've got a vested interest in not seeing them. Well, one of the examples I believe um, you've given in some of your literature is the, the smiling expression. Yes. Um, could you Could you explain that a little bit? Well, the smile is a very interesting expression. I mean, there, Charles Darwin in 1872 wrote a book called The Expression of Emotion in Man and Animals. And in that book, he asserted, uh, with scant evidence, but some, that the expressions of at least six or seven emotions are universal to our species. Uh, now, that was disregarded by most people in the 20th century. Uh, Darwin did point out that that wouldn't prove his theory of evolution, because if we all descended from Adam and Eve, we'd all have the same expressions. But could indeed, you, we me, do. Could you hold that thought of, of just a second? We need to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Paul Ekman. We'll be back to this captivating subject after a break. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. You're listening to Dr. Paul Ekman, former university professor and author. Dr. Ekman, a noted expert on facial expression, emotion, and deception, has been teaching us about how his research in interpreting clues and cues to expression and even deception. We were talking about um, the expression of smiling, and he was telling us uh, just about the fabricated smile and the real smile. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Ekman. Well, in most of the other emotions... Uh it's a lot easier to tell the real from the phony. Not so for the smile. Although the smile is in some sense the loudest expression, you can recognize it from the greatest distance away, and it's the easiest expression. We can all make a smile voluntarily. The only clue that whether it's true or false is whether the skin right below the eyebrows moves down about a sixteenth of an inch. It's very subtle. We can teach people how to do it. Mm. But my explanation is that most of the time that human beings were on this planet, it wasn't useful to their survival to know whether somebody really felt good or just was acting as if they did. That's good enough. If you act as if you did, when I say to my assistant, how are you this morning? And she's actually miserable, but she gives me a false smile that lets me know she's ready to do her work, and that's the most important message. So it's a very hard one to decide. Um, and, of course, I, you want to believe that she wants to do her work, so you're not going to question that. Absolutely not. That's why I certainly don't want to say, is that really so? Is this really mm-hmm. something? Did you have a bad week? I don't want to start doing psychotherapy. I want to start doing the work that we're supposed to do because I'm not a psychotherapist. Right. I 
know that we're about to switch to polygraph, and I just want to uh, say a few words. What I've been talking about and what the polygraph examines are in no way contradictory. Uh, I talk about demeanor, what you see in behavior. Polygraph is dealing with what you can't see, what's going on internally and physiologically. It's one human being. You can look inside or you can look at the outside of that human being. Uh, there's a, there, it's not a contest. They're useful in sometimes together, and they're useful also in situations where you can only use one and you can't use the other. Great. Thank you, Dr. Eklund. Now let me introduce you to Jean Sella. Jean is a polygraph examiner and an expert in interviewing and interrogation. He followed his Marine Corps service and his 15 years in law enforcement by attending the L.A. Polygraph Institute, and he refers to himself as both a polygraphist as well as a forensic psychophysiologist. Is that right, Gene? That's correct. He is the owner and director of Justice Investigations and Polygraphs Plus and has conducted over 5,000 polygraph examinations in his career. In addition, he has an AA degree in police science, a bachelor's in criminology with a minor in psychology. Gene has been the recipient of a number of awards and commendations, has been a consultant for Court TV, and serves on the Fullerton, California College Advisory Board. He's a member of the Poly- American Polygraph Association, the California Association of Polygraph Examiners, as is, which is the formerly called the American Society for Industrial Security, and the California Association of Licensed Investigators. Gene, what made you decide to become a polygraph examiner? When I was in college, one of my instructors was paraplegic. He had been uh, in a different kind of a business till he had an accident that caused him to be paralyzed in wheelchair the rest of his life. And I thought, if that ever happened to me, what could I do? So hence I, I thought about the polygraph, which you can do. And um, that was one of the reasons. Hmm, interesting. Besides, in, in search of truth, it's a good investigative tool. And how does a polygraph instrument work? It measures psycho and physiological reactions to a stimulus, stimulus being a question. I tell people how it works is, let's say we went to Hollywood on a nice sunny day, and we parked on a side street with your spouse or your partner, and it's a sunny day. You come out at midnight, you go down that side street to get your car. It's a, it's a miserable place now. There's, there's bikers and hookers and all that kind of dirty stuff you don't want to be in and bring your, your spouse to. Three people step out of a doorway, step in front of you, semicircle. They look at her and say, I want some of that. And you, pal, how much money you got on you? And how do you feel now? And my clients say, terrified. I say, that's the same physiological reaction you'll get when you lie. That's how the polygraph works. And we measure those with blood pressure, respiratory, and the galvanic skin response, moisture in the body. Basically, that's how it works. So the theory is that if you uh, are lying and you're feeling guilty, is that would yep, that so be you what you feel guilty? Won't we won't guilty won't, won't show it. So that's what, that's what comes from the pretest interview. Before we do a test, we do a pretest interview, an extremely important aspect of a polygraph. That's where, as Doctor Ekman said, we also review their their facial expressions, their movements, the distractions that they create because they don't want to be here. And they're evaluated from that moment on, and then we do the polygraph. So you're really taking a, an objective measurement of uh, stress behavior. Yes. It could be increased blood pressure, um, 
a little sweaty, that kind of thing. Is that correct? That could be normal for an innocent person as well, though. It could be general nervous tension, which we have to take in consideration. Okay. It's totally objective. Uh, I would like to mention a new kid on the block syndrome. We know this person took $900. He's 19 years old. He's in a band. He's in our office. He's only been here a month. Now we're missing $900. we have never been missing this before. We know he took it. Subject him to a polygraph. He cleared my polygraph, and he cleared my interview. Who else could have taken it was my question. Well, the girl who called you, she took it to go on vacation to see her mother and use this new kid on the, the new kid as a, uh, as a tool. So when we, don't, we, we stand objective in our, in our testing. That's what we should do. So you're saying the most, um, the easiest target would have been the new kid on the block? Absolutely. That's when okay. she took the money after he moved in, so he'd be a natural suspect. But he passed his test, and she admitted she took the money. Well, most words, people... What I'm trying to say is we have to say objective and get to the truth. All right. Most people call what you do as a, a, actually a lie detector test. Can you defeat it? Can you beat it? Yeah. You can beat the examiner. You can't beat the instrument. It will record. There was a major case. I, I can't even mention the agency now because it's on record where the expert, truly an expert examiner, found someone deceptive in a major case. And he let them go because of the camaraderie that they had, because of the explanation the suspect had instead of retesting them. And the suspect was a double agent. So, yes, I guess you can beat it. But you're beating the examiner, not the not the instrument. I see. Do you have some other examples that you could give us without disclosing the client or the situation? When it comes to clients, I have clients that include judges and lawyers and doctors and actors and models, and everybody comes to my office automatically on a first-name basis. Get that cleared so there's no one has title. I'm talking politicians here as well. And uh, I can... Tell you that every type of case, including the ones delegated from a federal judge or a county judge, ordering a polygraph, a bank robbery or a drug deal, actually they wanted a polygraph. The judge orders one. Both defense and prosecution will agree. That's what you have to have is a stipulation to agreement, and the, based upon the polygraph results, that's the results that they'll accept. A drug dealer was the actually not innocent, like he said he was. He was actually the contact man. The armed robbery suspect did have a weapon when he entered the bank, which not only did he have robbery, but he, he was not in possession of a gun. So, All right. And otherwise, um, evidence of a polygraph couldn't be accepted in court unless it was by stipulation, correct? By stipulation, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. By both parties. Right. Okay. Approved by the judge. Okay. And you also do some of what Dr. Ekman was talking about. Can you tell us more about that? Well, it's from the moment they walk in to evaluate it. I have a lot of New York pictures in my, my office. The innocent people will sit down and respond to what they're told to do. Come up with their ID, and you ask the question, always ask the question, why are you here? Now, you know why they're there, but we wonder what they have to say. An innocent person will say, there's a missing bank deposit. I was the last one to handle it, and I'm a suspect, but I didn't steal it. A guilty person will usually say, I don't know. They, know all, they do know why they're there, but they're evasive. They want to mm-hmm. stay out of it. And their expressions about, uh, they don't forget, our suspects also read what we read in the newspapers and magazines and journals and so forth, 
keep your palms open, look like you're innocent and so forth. So they do that as well, and they're guilty. Of so course. you have to look beyond just those simple acts of innocence or deception. Just like Dr. Eckman said, these are measuring tools, investigative tools. Now, one absolute. thing that is a, a, seems to be a common um, opinion is that, or maybe even a myth, is that you're not going to look somebody straight in the eye if you're lying to them. You have to judge by where they're from. In America, that might be true, mm-hmm. raised our way, but in other countries, you dare not look someone in the eye. You dare not stay too close. Some countries, you better stay close or you're offending them. We should know about the different people from different uh, environments because it is important. And isn't it true that often that uh, people who are lying believe that you must look somebody directly in the eye, and so they uh, overemphasize trying to look you in the eye and not looking away? They look you square in the eye, and they point, pretty much like Clinton did. I did not, et cetera. (laughs) And they're lying. And right. you have to see through that. Okay. All right. Um, let me just uh, take us to a break here. Would you like to learn more about identifying deception? More after the break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. 
host, Simran Singh, will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio, because shift happens. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Speaking with two experts on the art of identifying deception, psychologist, author, and former University of California professor, um, Dr. Paul Ekman, and polygraph examiner and interview and interrogation expert, Gene Sella. Gene, we were just talking about your polygraph examinations, which the majority of people uh, call lie detectors, and I believe uh, you probably do polygraphs of people who are actually in custody and charged with a crime, or maybe even have been convicted of a crime. Is that correct? That's correct. Could you tell us about one of those situations? Well, there was two. One was one gentleman was cleared on battery, and then we tested his wife, and she confessed that she made it up. as two tests. The other is a child molester who violated his parole by being attending a party, a birthday party with young children, and doing certain acts during that time, like having one on the shoulder and the manner in which he did that. And he was violated and received 204 years, but he claimed innocence, so they allowed a polygraph at the state prison where he was at, and the prison was very cooperative, and uh, I talked to him and asked him about what happened. Again, pre-test interview was extremely important, especially in a sensitive case such as child molestation. And I said, when you had her in the pickup truck following her father and brother going to the restaurant, she was wearing shorts, right? Right. She's in your pickup truck at her request, right? Right. Well, it's pretty normal. Is it possible you ask her how school was and you put your hand on her leg and tap her leg and says, how's things in school? He said, yeah, I, I, I think I did that. And as you're driving, could your hand have slipped onto her crotch? You know, I think it did. So there is a violation right there. It wasn't an accident. And in the restaurant, the same thing happened. And when it came to kissing her, he failed that part of the We didn't have to test him on the first part. The second part was kissing. He failed that. And I said, why are you failing that you kiss her on the couch? And he said, I didn't kiss her on the couch. I kissed her in the bedroom. <laughs> what you have is a, another admission. This man is still serving his 204 years. I couldn't help him. 204 years, wow. Yeah, that's what he got. Well, let me take this back to Dr. Ekman. Um, Dr. Ekman, what are some of the common health myths about lying? Well, the uh, already was uh, the idea of whether or not people are looking you in the eye, that is really, uh, even in our culture, uh, let alone in some of the Asian cultures, uh, looking someone into an into the eye, particularly if it's male-to-male, is a challenge of the other person's authority. 
Mm. And a deferential sign uh, is to look down. And that's often misinterpreted. Uh, restless fidgeting movie, movements. Uh, all that tells you is someone's uncomfortable. If I'm being given a polygraph exam or I'm being interviewed by a law enforcement uh, officer and I'm not uncomfortable, then I'm a sociopath. Not a lot. So not all sociopaths commit crimes. So it doesn't. All it tells you is that somebody is uh, nervous or apprehensive. And if you're in, in being investigated for some criminal act, of co- and you're innocent, of course you're going to be uh, apprehensive. Sure, you're going to be nervous about it. Touching the face, crossing the arms, uh, all of these things uh, in and of themselves are no evidence of lying. I. I have a list of over 200 things that are said to be signs of lying that have appeared in popular books in the last 10 years that I use when I teach. I don't publish it because I don't want to be sued by the people (laughs) who are making money. By It's funny, perpetrating false information about false information. Um, They're lying about lying. Um, Anyone who tells you this always works, you know is either uninformed or a charlatan. There's nothing that always works with everyone. Uh, but, but you can do a lot better than simply guessing uh, by using a variety of techniques. And, it, you know, it depends on the situation. I do a lot of work for uh, TSA, and you can't, as people are walking into an airport and standing online, you can't put them into a polygraph. Now, they're trying to come up with ways to measure their heart rate from a distance. Uh, I'm a little skeptical. I'm interested. I'm a, a consultant on that project, but I'm a little skeptical as whether it's going to uncover all of the people who are uh, intending to commit a harmful act. And when you see t- say TSA, that's the transportation people at the airport where we go through security to get to our plane. Right, and the people that I train are not the ones who look at your ticket. They're the people standing off to the side. They're called uh, behavior detection officers, and they are looking at you and how you behave. Now, do you also train the people that at the customs? No, customs has not had any interest in my work. Huh. I don't. Uh, I'd be glad to train them if they were, but they're not interested. I talked to them once, and uh, uh, they uh, turned turned away. And I do not train FBI. I have trained CIA. I have trained Secret Service. Uh, I just finished a big training with NYPD counterterror. So I do train some groups, and even within the federal government, each agency and sub-agency makes its own decision about who they want to get their training from. We are a very decentralized country. Well, you've actually come up... England, where I work... I'm sorry. uh, The wonderful, easy thing about working in England is if the man at the top says, everyone's going to learn this, then every police force in the country learns it. If I can convince San Francisco police to learn it, that doesn't mean Oakland will have any interest in it whatsoever. Correct. Well, you've actually come up with a numerical system of measuring and categorizing the muscular action related to facial expressions. I think you call them action units? That's correct. 
Can you explain that? Well, I mean, the face is a very complex source of information. I mean, apart from the fact that we recognize who you are and what sex you are and how attractive you are, um, it is the primary signal system for emotions. And um, we have 42 different muscles or action units in the face that can combine to produce over 10,000 expressions. Um, this is all work I did in the early 70s, and it was published as the Facial Action Coding System. The acronym is FACS, F-A-C-S. And it is the only tool, scientific tool, for actually measuring facial movement, and it's what has been used to discover most of what we've learned about the face, and it's used by, oh, more than a 1,000 scientists all over the world. It's not what you need to learn if you're going to do psychotherapy or do interrogations or do polygraphs. It's a research tool. It's like the difference. You need a microscope in order to learn about what the bacterium is, but then to do something about it, it's a different... You use different tools, and it's a different person. It's not the scientist. It's the doctor or the nurse. So the uh, facial action coding system and the quantitating, quantifying what the muscles do and what you, when you see them, that's enabled the research tool. That's also what's enabled me to teach people like Pixar the fine details of expression that they might be interested in putting on a fish's face. Fish, incidentally, do not have expression. But you, hmm. but if you're Pixar, you can give them any expression you right. want, right. Uh, like Finding Nemo. <laughs> and uh, I also use this in teaching actors when I have a chance, uh, and I also use it when I critique the scripts for Light in Me or the performances, or suggest to the actors particular things they should do. But when I'm training, uh, for example, counterterror people. I don't train them in the action units. I train them in how to recognize uh, gestures that are, uh, don't fit the words or the sounds of the voice that are discrepant. What you're always looking for, the general rule, is you're looking for things that don't fit together. Mm-hmm. The voice doesn't fit the words or the words don't fit the face or the face doesn't fit the posture. Some internal contradiction. That's what I call a hot spot that's a marker of a place where you need to then ask more information. You need to get, because something's going on uh, that you're not being told about. Well, your what research, it is, you don't know. You your research showed, showed that, uh, I believe, that, it, that you concluded that expressions are biological instead of necessarily learned behaviors. Well, there are seven emotions, this is in agreement with Darwin, that have a universal expression, and that's one of their utilities. Because, you know, we live in every major American citizen, a city has many people living in it who don't speak English or don't speak it very well. And they go through airports and they go through other places where we have security concerns. Uh, you're going to totally misunderstand their gestures because those are culture-specific body language, but the facial expressions of seven emotions are the same for all human beings, and you can see about five of them on chimpanzees or great apes, Mm -hmm. so they're not unique to humans. And what are those seven expressions? Okay, let's see, I'm going to have to...
count them off on my fingers. Anger, fear, sadness, disgust, surprise, enjoyment, and then the one that has the worst name in English, contempt, because it sounds like content, but it isn't. Contempt is a feeling of moral superiority. Those are the seven uh, that are universal to our species. Mm-hmm. And that makes them very valuable uh, because you don't need a translator for them. But let me repeat again, although the face is the single best source, it's not a sufficient source. It gets you, it'll help you. You're better off recognizing concealed emotions, whether you're trying to sell somebody something or buy something or talk to your doctor or evaluate a suspect. Uh, but you need to consider the rest of what the person is doing I don't have an online tool for that, but my book, Telling Lies, tells you something about body movement, voice, and speech. Okay. Again, we're going to go to a commercial break. Back in a few. News. Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PI's Declassified. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, Radio to Thrive By. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Knowing how to identify when someone is lying to you is a valuable skill. Experts Dr. Paul Ekman and Jean Sella are with us today to tell us how. Jean, we're winding down the hour. Is there anything that you would like to say to our listeners that we haven't already talked about? Yes, Rancy, and a very important issue is that we're no longer in California licensed to be a polygraph examiner. Hence, anybody can hang up a shingle and say they are an examiner. There are only three um, academies in Southern California that qualify. I won't mention them now, but you can call and ask about them. The polygraph is an investigative tool. Um, a, a seminar, or correction, a, an academy has 325 to 275 hours of training, plus they do what's important, quality control of your test, 20 to 25, before you graduate. When you get the other, whatever they sell across the board, you don't have any of that, nor do you know whether they're even reading that material, let alone being tested on it. So that's important. Make sure you have a qualified examiner as a key. Good. I think that's really important. Does and, he belong uh, to APA or CAPE? I'm sorry, uh, say it again? Does he belong to either American Polygraph Association and or California Association of Polygraph Examiners? If okay. They, if he belonged to that, then they most likely had to, well, not most likely, they had to have gone to a qualified school. All right. And that's for important. people that are in other states besides California, um, join, being a member of the American Polygraph Association would be important. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yes. And uh, APA, American Polygraph Association, has certain criteria that you cannot be a member unless you comply with. You have to have the criteria, plus they'll give you a written and an oral exam. All right. And Dr. Ekman, I'm sure you would like to talk a little bit more about your FACES training online. And yes, any I last for anybody for... who deals with other people, whether you're a parent uh, or whether you're a nurse or a health provider or a salesman, or someone making hiring decisions, let alone those in uh, uh, law enforcement or national security. This is this will this is not a panacea, but it will allow you to understand and recognize emotions that are being concealed from you, and that's worth knowing. Um, it's available. The tool is called MET Microexpression Training Tool (METT) on my website, paulekman.com. There's two versions, uh, an, a journeyman level and a more advanced level. You can decide which you want to use. It only takes about an hour, an hour and a half, and you don't need a refresher once you've learned it. But recognize that what you've learned is to recognize a concealed emotion. If you want to find out how to use that information, take a look at my paperback book, Emotions Revealed, and it gives you examples 
of how to use information from concealed microexpressions in the workplace, in family life, and in friendship. And the last thing I want to leave you with is we all have a choice in how we want to lead our life and what risks we want to take. If we are trusting, we take the risk of being misled, but we know from research evidence if we're trusting, we'll be happier and we'll probably live longer. If we're suspicious, we take the risk of disbelieving a truthful person and we're going to probably not be as happy. Now, if your job requires you to be suspicious, as anyone in national security or law enforcement uh, does, you don't have this choice, but you still have that choice in terms of your family life. Mm -hmm. Um, So consider which stance you want to take, the trusting or the suspicious. You can't take both with the same people. Well, I I read that um, you made a decision, Dr. Ekman, when your children were born, that you weren't going to take your work home. Very true. Now, it's almost unavoidable in the sense that I see things, but I never comment on them. And could you tell me, um, tell us how you handled your children when you knew they were lying instead of confronting them? Well, what I mostly did was, if I... I'll give you a fast example. My daughter had a curfew. You have to be in by 11.45 at night, and I can't remember the age. I hear her come in at uh, 12.45. So the next morning, I resist the temptation to say, oh, how was the party last night, and see whether she's going to lie to me. Uh, And instead I say, I hear you came in an hour after the curfew. What happened that you couldn't make the curfew? So I don't even give her, I don't even tempt her to lie. Mm-hmm. And I also show her that I'm trying to understand rather than I want to punish you for breaking a rule. The the key for the parent is don't try to see if you can put your kids in situations where they're not tempted to lie to you because you want to be the person they turn to when they get in the most trouble. And every kid's going to get into trouble. We all break rules. I can't believe I'm the only person who ever got a speeding ticket. We all get speeding tickets, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to live with a policeman in the home. Even if he is a policeman, he shouldn't act in the home as if he is a policeman. We have to separate those those parts of our lives. Right. Very good. Well, this is is an exciting topic. Um, I love having you both on the show. Thank you so much. Um, There's so much more that we could talk about. And uh, I'm sure that our listeners have many questions that we haven't answered today. But, um, again, I thank you for joining me for this important program. Uh, Thanks to Dr. Ekman's lifelong research and his writings, we have a better understanding of how our expressions and gestures we display are a reflection of what is actually going on inside our brains. Uh, Interested in facial recognition instruction, go to face training, F-A-C-E training at www.face.com paul ekman p-a-u-l-e-k-m-a-n dot com or grab one of dr ekman's many books he mentioned emotions revealed that sounds like a good place to start also pick up the tv series which we didn't even talk about lie to me on fox 9 p.m pacific time i believe they've just um it'll be the 21st episode will be going on on monday the 30th so it's uh, got a good track record 
If you have a need for a polygraph examiner or, talk, or to talk to Gene about his specific expertise, you can contact him at his office in Garden Grove, California at 714-220-9109 or his website, www.justice-investigations.com. Thank you again for, to those who support the show, IRB Search, Merlin Information Service, data providers to private investigators and related professions, and also to PI Magazine and PI Museum, all of which can be found by Googling the name. And thank you to my wonderful producer, Johnny Cabrera at voiceamerica.com. Uh, next week's topic is financial fraud, the elder trap. Do not miss this weighty topic. If you have a story or know of an interesting case involving a private investigator, please send an email to me at francie at pisdeclassified.com. All programs are archived and downloadable 24 hours after the show airs. Tune in as we declassify more real stories from real investigators every Thursday morning, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And Dr. Ekman and Jean Sella, You have been terrific. We have learned so much from you today. Smile. It's P.I.'s Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.